Hello, New York Giants fans. Ed Valentine and Emily Iannacone of Big Blue View here on both YouTube and on the Valentine's Views podcast on all of your favorite podcast applications to uh, talk about the latest disappointing effort by the New York Giants, a 30 to 10 loss on on Monday night football to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. M, how you doing this morning? How are things? Everything everything good in your world? <laughs> everything is as good as can be expected, I think, Ed. I wasn't I wasn't really expecting an upset last night with the Tampa team coming off of two losses. So what can you do? <laughs> I don't know if you can do a whole lot, Em. I just know, you know, today today's a, a, a wonderful day in the Valentine household. I've I've had I've had three hours of sleep. Oh, I had my I had my weekly nose swab this morning so that I can cover I can go to, to New Jersey and, and cover this miserable football team on, on Sunday afternoon when there's more Eagles fans in MetLife than there will be Giants fans. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And, and there just there just isn't enough coffee in the world. I don't know if you guys can see my my, <laughs> my coffee mug here. There just isn't enough isn't enough coffee in the world <laughs> to make what we saw last night from the New York Giants taste good. So uh, yeah. so that's how things are on my side today. <laughs> All right. Sounds like there's nowhere to go but up. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, I well, you know, we're both still here. Thanksgiving's in Thanksgiving's in a couple days. There's only seven more games to deal with. So, Crazy. you wow. know, I, 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 I think we can, we can start with uh, one of the things I wrote last night. We, we can stop pretending that this is a good football team that has a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely a good place to start. You mentioned the Eagles who are surging recently and who uh, the Giants will host at MetLife next Next week, I think it's important to distinguish that the Giants are not the Eagles. And I'm not saying the Eagles are a particularly strong football team. I think they've hit a stride and, you know, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out for them. But there is a difference even between where the Eagles are and, and stringing together some wins and looking like they're putting some momentum together, because that's also how the Giants looked kind of entering this game. They upset the Raiders at home, had a long, long bye week to prepare for Tampa, and really were kind of just put right back in their place. I mean, when Andrew Thomas scores your only touchdown, there's that, that that's all you really need to say about it. So I think that what you wrote makes a lot of sense. I think any kind of illusions we have that this team might be able to turn a corner – sort of sort of flattened out after last night yeah flattened out would be a a good way to put it M. I mean it's it's embarrassing that that the giants had two weeks to put that performance together it really is embarrassing that they had two weeks and you know we we have to talk about jason garrett and we have to talk about that offense but you know, we also eventually will talk about the defense too, because th there has to be there has to be criticism on, on both sides of the ball, as far as I'm concerned. But we wake up this morning to all sorts of news, and now I was not in Tampa at the game last night. I was home watching, 
you know, just like just like other Giants fans, because I don't mm-hmm. travel to away games. We wake up this morning to 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 news that that Joe Judge couldn't hide his frustration with Jason Garrett. That there are players apparently who have been expressing frustration with Jason Garrett. I wouldn't be shocked if we find out by the end of the day that that Freddie Kitchens is going to call plays going forward. But I don't know about you, M, but but I just as much as I've supported staying with Jason Garrett this year and I've wanted to give him a little bit of leeway because of all of the injuries and and the poor offensive line that the Giants field. Last night I just I had no clue what the Giants were doing on offense and some of what we saw was just unforgivable. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely tough to watch. I mean, there's 215 total yards to 66 rushing yards. I mean, they didn't even try to pretend like they were going to run the ball. I mean, the Bucks kind of had a weakened secondary coming into the game, so it might made sense to pass more, but that also didn't really work. That strategy also sort of fell short for the Giants last night, even with some major playmakers back on the field, which I'm sure is also something we'll talk about. But that I think also even further illustrates your point in a game when you finally have Gallaudet, you have Tony, you have Barkley. Hard. I, Tony saw a, a few more targets, but I mean, Gallaudet saw two. He had one catch. Barkley rushed, I think, six times. And Galladay, especially, the, the lack of use there is just, I know I read that in your in your wet willies this morning. It's it's just it's confusing. I mean, why are we why are we never using him? Oh, Chris wanted me, you know, I usually I always do kudos and wet willies. <laughs> and Chris Flum tried to convince me last night to make it wet willies and wetter willies oh, for this wow. morning but but I, I i just i couldn't go there mm-hmm. i had to i had to find a couple of nice things to say i had to give andrew mm-hmm. thomas some credit mm-hmm. you know for for making a nice catch and mm-hmm. and coming up with a with a with an almost cool big guy dance you know if if mm-hmm. big guy if big guy dances are ever cool mm-hmm. you know for but sure. uh but and I had to give props to Raymond Johnson for his first career sack, even if it was meaningless. Blaine, you know, at the end of the game, <laughs> Blaine Gabbard. You know, there's not exactly a brand name sack for Raymond Johnson, but but no. you know, but the Giants will take it. He'll take That's it. A sack. It's a sack, better than anybody else did last night. So yeah, he'll take it's it. That's but, true. But it's funny you talk about the kudos and wet willies and it. And, and when I when I initially went through the kudos and wet willies and was going to do it, I had Kenny Galladay on my list. And then I realized you can't put a guy on the list when the Giants didn't even try to use him. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. threw him a ball on their very first possession and then just forgot that he existed. And I'm with you. I get the fact that it had to be a pass-heavy game plan. Mm-hmm. But you can't just hand the ball to Saquon Barkley six mm-hmm. times. You no. can't, as soon as you get behind seven to nothing, you can't just forget about trying to run the football at least a little bit and trying to shorten the game and keeping Tom Brady on the sideline. Right. 
I mean, that's where I lost them as well. I, I, I don't understand, you know, Daniel Jones was was awful last night. He was like a rookie throwing, you know, playing in in one of his first couple of games. The 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 interception, especially the cross field one to Steve McClendon, is just mm-hmm. absolutely unforgivable. It looked like me playing quarterback in eighth grade. <laughs> but but I'm sorry, you've got Kadarius Tony out there. You've got Evan Ingram out there. You've got Saquon Barkley out there. You've got Kenny Galladay. You know, why is Galladay getting two targets and Tony getting 12 and Darius Slayton getting seven? And on why on God's green earth are you throwing screen passes to Kyle Rudolph and Chris Myrick, yeah. who's a practice squad tight end? And yeah. what are you doing on fourth and one? Yeah. With Galladay yeah. and Tony off the field, what what are I, you doing? You know, can M? Can you please explain <laughs> some of this to me because because I I can't figure it out. No, I unfortunately do not think I can explain it. Um, I can definitely validate it. I, I even remember that um, when they were playing the Raiders two weeks ago and we were at the game, and my dad was so frustrated. He was like, "What? Why is?" You know, Galladay not on the field. Why is Shepard not on the field? Whoever, I can't even keep track of who was actually able to play that week versus this week. But it's just been confusing, the shifting of personnel and who comes on and who comes off. It's just, if like, if people are healthy, why don't you have your major playmakers on the field? I have no problem with them going for it on fourth down there. I think that's, I think that's a good move. But, but you're throwing the ball to Colin Johnson right. instead of Kenny Galladay. Not right. to mention the fact that, that it's a play call let's you know let's go two or three tight ends let's run play action to the right and let's mm-hmm. throw a little a little square out into the flat right. let's run a play that we've run you know roughly 400 times already this year mm-hmm. to a third string wide receiver with our best players on the bench right I, I i don't get it no it's it's very, very confusing and it, mm-hmm. it makes, it's difficult because like you said, Jones did, did not have a good game, but then you see situations like that. And, you know, we've talked about the rotating offensive line, but, you know, sticking with the focus on the weapons, you know, you can, you can criticize Jones, but then you're also like, well, why was, why did he have no weapons on the field in that moment? Like why, why was no one else there I, it's just it's it's very confusing you mentioned to the the lack of even trying to run the bucks who i still always want to call the patriots i have to think about it every time because of tom brady <laughs> i i have to i really it's it requires more effort than anything else i'm going to do today but the bucks held the ball for 35 minutes compared to 24 by the giants that's i mean that is not how you're going to defeat this team. You have to try to shorten the game. The Bucs had drives that were like seven minutes, five minutes, four minutes. Giants score, they're on the field for 30 seconds, maybe. It's just, Even when they scored on their two scoring drives, they didn't take up any time. Well, one, it, drive was, one drive was what, five yards? Yes. It was a, a five-yard. Yes. Can, you, can you call that a drive? I don't – it's generous. It's generous. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just, it's just, it's bewildering because that's not, you know, I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of basic with this team. You know that the only way you have a chance is to keep Tom Brady off of the field for as long as you possibly can. You should have had a long week. You did have a long week to really prepare and you're not, you're not eating up any clock. You're not putting anything together, you know, and you're, and the Bucs were hardly even faced with third down situations. They were just able to just convert and convert and eat up all of this clock. And it, it was just completely imbalanced. It was. And sticking with the Giants offense for now, um, coaches always say, and I've heard Joe Judge say it. I've heard every coach say it. I mean, I coached CYO basketball for 20 years and, and I've said it that, the job of a of a coach, head coach, play caller, whatever, the job of a head coach is to put players in position to succeed. You hear coaches say all the time, it's about the players. It's not about the plays. Mm-hmm. So why in critical moments, why are you running plays? And I get the fact that the offensive line is not good and that there are things that you just can't do on fourth and one. You can't because we've seen the Giants try this before. You can't just hammer the ball up the middle and get a push for a yard. You've got to come up with something. But for God's sakes, you throw a, you throw a, a dig route to Kenny Galladay, and even when he's covered, he comes up with that play. Yeah. You know, yeah, swing the swing the ball out to Saquon Barkley and let him try to make somebody miss. For God's sakes, nobody can ever tackle Kadarius Tony. No, no team ever tackles Tony with the first, def, you know, with the first defender. Yeah. First defender never gets him down. Give yeah. him the ball. Give him the ball and let him get you a yard. Right. When when you're when you're doing things the way that the Giants did last night, we looked so forward to seeing what this Giants offense would look like. And granted, you know, I asked Kenny Galladay this a few days ago. Is this going to take time for the Giants because you guys haven't had a chance to work together much lately? And he kind of said, well, you know, I can't say that this late in the season, but it is hard to get into a rhythm, you know, when you haven't practiced and played a whole lot. But so it wasn't going to be, you know, a juggernaut operating on all cylinders but with all of those playmakers you had to expect that the Giants would at least try to use them try to take advantage of them that they would at least look like a respectable offense last night Mm -hmm. and and they didn't and that's just disheartening you know Mm -hmm. because as I've said you want to give Jason Garrett some leeway because of what he's been working with but last night he didn't use what he had and that just drove me up the wall. That that's that's where it's it's harder to to understand because there there actually were positions to draw from last night. I, I mean, even we talked about I think a couple of weeks ago, it was probably after the Raiders game, you know, because we were anticipating Barkley's return and we wondered how will they balance Barkley with Booker because Booker's really, you know, I think it was the Raiders game. He was just shy of a hundred yards. He's been he's been really trending up and Booker had three attempts for 15 yards last night. I mean, 
there, it was just, it was not only did Barkley not see anything. I don't really even, I was going to ask you what you thought of, of his performance. It's hard to judge because he, he really didn't do anything, which maybe is more telling than anything, but they also didn't even, they didn't even use Booker. Who's, who's, who's been pretty good recently. It's so it was just, it was not, it was like they had players back that they had been missing and then and they didn't use them, but then they also didn't use the players who have stepped up in those guys' absence. It was, it was just strange. It was, it was like no one was utilized. Yeah. It, it made no sense at all. And, you know, we're still focused on the offense and I think we have to be because that's right now where the biggest problem is for the giants Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sorry, but Joe Judge can fire Jason Garrett today if he chooses to, or he can replace Garrett and just, you know, push him into an office somewhere and lock the door while Freddie Kitchens calls the plays for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. which, to be honest, is what I think is what I think might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I seriously I doubt, to be honest, that Garrett gets fired. If a change gets made, Garrett, my guess is Garrett just gets pushed into the background for the rest of the season and Kitchens calls the plays is my guess as to how this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. There's just. What did Judge say? I actually didn't. I didn't see this yet. What did Judge say about him? Judge was just very frustrated with the offense. He said, we have better players than this. He said we have to put them in positions to succeed. Uh, he was asked about the lack of touches for Kenny Galladay, mm-hmm. and he was he was very critical of the fact that they didn't get Galladay involved in the game enough. Mm-hmm. Um, he was asked directly if he still had confidence in Garrett, and he said he did, but that they would discuss things today. If, see if I can find it quickly um what jason or what joe said directly um about garrett just uh i hate to kind of fumble my way through here while we're while we're live but let me see if i can find at least part of this quote um Um, as well yeah he, he said he said we have to do a better job scoring points i know that sounds pretty obvious he said, we have to do a better job of putting our players in position to make plays. We have too many good players, and we have to put them in a better position to capitalize. That's it. He said, he said, as a player, he was asked about players being frustrated as well, and he said, as a player, there are some things I would be frustrated about as well. He also said, I have faith in all of the people on our team, players, coaches, everything, but we'll we'll assess everything and make any move we need to make going forward. None of that sounds like good news for Jason Garrett, to be honest with you. It sounds like Judge has has reached the end of his rope with with the offensive coordinator. No, that is much more revealing than we normally get from judge who's, you know, like any coach is really all about the growth and the steps forward. And we go back and we reassess and all of the platitudes that that coaches use every week. But yeah, this, I think the player quote, there are some things I would be frustrated about as well. 
and that we will make any move we need to going forward are my biggest takeaways from right. that. I, I thought that was very telling that he admitted that he understands why players would be frustrated. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it too, because if I'm Kenny Galladay, how do I make an impact on a game when they won't, when, when they won't throw me the football? Right. right. You know, if I'm, if, if I'm, if I'm Saquon, I waited four weeks and, and now you, you mentioned Saquon earlier. Mm-hmm. I did not expect Saquon Barkley to to come out last night and put up 150 yards rushing yeah. and look like, you know, the Saquon Barkley of 2018 and be hurtling guys and making guys miss all over the place. Mm-hmm. No. But, but there have to be times when you need a yard, when you need two yards, you know, he's your guy. He's your best player. I don't care what you call. Don't throw the ball to Chris Myrick for God's sakes, or, or Colin Johnson. Get the ball to Barkley. Get the ball to Tony. Get the ball to Galladay. And let your best guys try to make plays for you. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's that's what drove me insane last night, was that the Giants just didn't do that. Yeah, and it's really at odds with, some of the creativity we did see too. Obviously there wasn't, there weren't a lot of bright moments for the offense last night, but I mean, Andrew Thomas having a touchdown, the first of his career as you know, he's a lineman is, is something. And then we saw Tony throw the ball once we, like we saw some, by the way, can, can Daniel Jones throw the ball that far? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I gasped out loud when I saw that I was like, it's still going. Like I, I just figured the camera was going to stop much sooner and it was just still going down the field. I was like, this is, that was, I mean, that was wild. (laughs) I was watching tape of him in in Florida throwing the football after that with Tony. Like I, and so that's, that's kind of a great example though, is that Garrett shows that he can utilize strengths. Like he can take someone who, who is as versatile as Tony and have him throwing the ball, have him catching the ball, making plays, getting open. But but then he but he doesn't utilize that all of the time. He isn't embracing players' versatilities throughout the entire game, but he shows flashes of it, which is a little bit more confusing because it shows that he he can in fact do it. I mean, I think the the call to Thomas was was really smart. I think that was a good play call. But then mm-hmm. but then it doesn't stay consistent throughout the rest of the game, which is when we, when it gets confusing. No. And what I wrote last night is when you look at the giants offense, it's kind of like shooting darts. It's like, okay, you know, we have, we have nothing that you might call a go-to nothing that we lean on, nothing that we really rely on mm-hmm. aside from occasionally Daniel Jones's legs, right? which they used a tiny bit last night, but not a whole lot. Yeah. I think Tom Brady, it, did Tom Brady have more rushing yards? Probably Tom Brady had the best quarterback run of the night. I know that definitely with that slot, he you ran know, for 10 yards. It would, it, if, if the game wasn't, wasn't so awful, you'd almost be able to laugh at, at, at Tay Crowder missing Tom Brady in oh, the open field. God. Oh my goodness. Yes. But, but we won't go it, there. No, we won't go <laughs> there because that was, that was bad. I mean, Tay Crowder should just sit in the corner and, turn and, and close his eyes when that film comes on today yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but but yeah it's 
it's just it it's hard to watch it's hard to understand and and you're right Garrett shows at times he shows some creativity but like I said it's like it's like shooting darts it's like well we'll try this we'll try that we'll try something else we we don't have anything that we feel good about so we'll just we'll just toss some stuff up against the wall and maybe we'll get lucky mm-hmm. and and it just it it just it, it leaves you with a with a hodgepodge of of confusion. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, while we're piling on Jason Garrett and all of that, we do have to talk about the offensive line a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, I was amazed this morning. And now, Pro Football Focus is not the be-all and end-all mm-hmm. of how you judge players, mm-hmm. but amazingly, four of the five highest-graded New York Giants offensive players were offensive linemen this morning. Wow. Believe it or not. Really? Take a guess. Take a guess at who the highest graded New York Giants offensive player was from last night's game. And it was a lineman. It was an offensive lineman. Oh my God. Was it was was it Thomas? It was Matt Skura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your your laughing tells me tells me everything that, wow. that I that I need to know. It was Matt Skura. Wow. Skura, Thomas, Solder, and Billy Price. When you look at the grades and you look at the, wow. the pass blocking breakdown and all of that, did a pretty good job. I mean, mm-hmm. there was one bad rep by Skura that got played over and over and over and over. And Andrew Thomas gave up his first sack of the year, which, mm-hmm. you know, he's still not a hundred percent healthy. And he admitted that as much before the, uh, you know, before the game, he's, he's playing with limited mobility, which made his catch even more impressive. Right. But, but there's all of that. And then there's Will Hernandez. Mm, mm. who yes i i looked at pro football focus this morning oh yes and pro football focus one of the things that they do is they break down grades by percentages of snaps played Mm -hmm. and i think 65 guards in the nfl this week played at least 20 snaps Mm -hmm. in their games Will Hernandez had the lowest grade of any of those 65 guards. 
I think Zach Rosenblatt of NJ Advanced Media looked at every single guard who played at least a single snap. Mm-hmm. And I think Hernandez had the lowest grade of any guard who stepped on the field this week, which is just, I don't understand, you know, Will Hernandez is in his fourth year. Mm -hmm. I don't understand, you know, how the ball can be snapped and defensive tackles, even backup defensive tackles can just run him over. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how four years into his career, when when you run a, a tackle and twist in front of him, he has no idea who he's supposed to block. Yeah. I just don't get it. And when the Giants do again try to fix this offensive line, I can't imagine that Will Hernandez will be part of it. I just can't imagine that he's a Giant beyond the next seven games. Yeah, I I think the the jarring thing about his performance was not only that was he committed his fourth false start of the season. He had two holding penalties on that on that drive. That really is when things went very very downhill. But even beyond the you know on paper statistics that also illustrate you know how kind of badly he played are the things that you're saying that they almost don't illustrate just how badly he played last night because the stats can't even capture that. And I think that's almost the more alarming thing. I mean, the PFF grade is obviously very illustrative of, of his performance, but I mean, even watching it, it was, it was just not, it wasn't, it was not easy to watch. That's for sure. No, it wasn't. And, you know, before we even talk about the defense, I mean, let's let's talk about Joe Judge a little bit. I've been very supportive of Judge. I've said over and over and over that unless the wheels come completely off, Joe has to get a third year with the Giants. And 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 as we sit here today, I still believe that. And yet, you know, when you see performances like the Giants put on the field last night where they are completely outclassed after having two weeks to prepare for a game where they have no chance where they where they where they look like you know they they look like a high school team that doesn't know what they're doing out there Mm -hmm. you know then it when you see performances like that and you see excuse me you know the 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 lack of proper use of personnel, mm-hmm. it just it makes it harder and harder to support Joe Judge going forward. Yeah, yeah, because you know we've talked a lot about Jason Garrett, mm. but ultimately everything comes back to to a head coach, which maybe is finally what Judge is starting to accept himself, based off of the quotes we read earlier. Um, because it's all a reflection on him. They did they did look lost. I mean, Tampa established this game from its very first drive. I mean, they compl- they drove down the field, scored. It looked easy. Giant. They did not. They were not even faced with a third down opportunity on that entire opening drive. They just they just went. And I mean, you can. At first, I was like, maybe it's we're just a little rusty because we haven't played in a little while, but. No, it kind of just seemed like that was the tone for the game. That was what set the precedent for the rest of the rest of how the game played out. I'm not saying I expected the Giants to win last night, 
but I think the the lack of quality in the performance does reflect poorly, you know, it reflects poorly on judge and it, and it just illustrates what is maybe a, um, just a, a larger, a larger problem because they weren't even really competitive, at least in some of the giants losses this season, they've been in the game. Like they, they've been there. And this was, I mean, by the fourth quarter, it was, you know, I was like, I, I have to keep watching cause I'm writing this recap, but it's not a game I would continue to watch anymore <laughs> after that. Like, because that's, I mean, that's what it became. It just, they weren't competing right. for anything. Anymore. Right. You're only sitting there because you have to be sitting there. Yeah, and, absolutely. And there was no need. You know, you, you said it. I mean, it, it wasn't really a competitive game right from the beginning. I don't care what the score was at halftime. The Giants were in the game on the scoreboard, but they weren't really in the game because you knew that. Tampa Bay was controlling the game and that they were going to win it. You knew that. And, and it's a small point, but I have to bring up something that I brought up a few weeks ago when the Giants played the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. It's a really small point, but I cannot stand automatically deferring on the opening kickoff every single time that you win the coin toss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why on earth why on earth i don't care if there's a half a percentage point difference in winning and losing you know if you defer and take the second half kickoff mm-hmm. why on earth would you defer give the ball to tom brady yeah. to start the game yeah. and basically guarantee that you're going to spend the entire first half playing from behind why would you do that? Mm-hmm. The Giants got really lucky a couple of weeks ago when they deferred to Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City because he threw a an interception in the end zone that was a a ball that that ricocheted off a wide receiver. But I don't understand why you just oh let's just let Tom Brady have the ball and go down and put up points and then we'll play from behind and and try to beat a better team than we are. Right, right. No, it's 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 a small thing, but it does it is telling. I mean, what a what a team chooses to do in that situation does reflect their mindset, right? I mean, that's that's clearly how they are approaching the game from a mental standpoint, which is just as important as anything else, really. And so, it's it's not. I don't think it's recognizing your. I I don't think it's you know, kind of admitting defeat to say, let's give him, you know, let's give Tom Brady the ball and then have him just put up points and then we're trailing. It's it's kind of recognizing your weaknesses to say, you know, if we do that, we probably will come out of this first drive, potentially at least down three nothing. So let's at least try to start on the right foot. Let's give it a shot and come out swinging, especially after such right. so much time off and see if we can get things going in the right direction. It's mm-hmm. that's not, I just think that's kind of recognizing your weaknesses in that moment that you're playing a really good team who is definitely angry after two straight losses. And after Bruce Arians comments after those losses, I mean, this was a team that was going to come out firing and you just gave them the ball. So there's like, you have to take the context into that because I mean, I'm sure Tom Brady was itching to get onto that field. He, he hates losing. He said in the post game, he was like, losing two two straight games in the NFL is tough. I'm like, oh my God, Brady, if yeah. you were a giant for a minute, like this is this is what we're used to. But you know that he needed to come out and he wanted to 
erase the past two weeks as, as soon as he could. And the Giants just let him do that. And we have gone on at this point for 35 <laughs> minutes. And it feels like we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. But we can't go on forever. No. But we do need to talk about the Giants' defense for mm-hmm. at least a few minutes here before we call it a show. Mm-hmm. And I have to say this. We spent part of the bye week listening, you know, reading about rumors of Patrick Graham getting head coaching interviews this offseason and, and some people wondering if the Giants would fire Joe Judge and and replace him with Patrick Graham, which I don't see happening because they're best friends and that's just not going to happen. Graham's not going to take the Giants job. But watch the game last night and you sit there and you think, why would anyone want Patrick Graham as their head coach? As good as he's been at times, what did the Giants do last night? And and I know I'm kind of rambling on here a little bit, but Pat Graham said in the buildup to the game that he didn't think that that he could fool Tom Brady because Brady's seen everything. He knows everything. He's seen everything that there is under the sun. Mm-hmm. So what Patrick Graham and the Giants effectively did last night was not try. They lined up four defensive linemen and rushed them straight forward with no stunts, no twists, no games, no. nothing. No zone blitzes where guys dropped into coverage. They simply sat back in two deep coverage or three deep coverage and 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 basically let Brady do whatever he wanted. It's like they just said, well, we can't fool him, so we're just going to play our basic like day one of a training camp vanilla mm-hmm. coverage, and whatever happens, happens, because there's nothing we can do about it. And 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 I thought that was just – I thought that was awful. Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady was barely touched. He was hit three times in 46 throws. I think PFF said that the Giants recorded just eight pressures in in the game. And it, it always confuses me. My dad called me during halftime and was like, I don't understand why we're not just going after Tom Brady because the stats on how Tom Brady performed when under pressure are wildly different from how he is when he has all this time in the pocket. So it's just, it's, it's just confusing because I mean, any quarterback is going, is going to perform, you know, at least a little bit worse when there's pressure but especially with Tom Brady, the, the numbers drastically change. And it, it was like there was a weakness that we just chose not to utilize at all. Like we just did not, we didn't even try to put pressure on him. Like you said, I, I mean, the one, the one, the one, I think it was third and seven uh, at the end, like, you know, in, in the red zone and the Giants came up with a stop because you know, the coverage in, in the secondary was good, but Tom Brady had all of the time in the world in the pocket. There was no one. There was no one there. And it's that's just, I mean, it worked out because they came up with a stop in that case, but that's a great example of the fact that he was just not touched the whole game. I mean, I get the fact that you really can't blitz Brady to the point of, you know, if you try to send five or six guys, he's going to figure it out. He's going to get the ball out mm-hmm. and, and all of that. But even if you're going to send four, 
send four from different angles on occasion. You know, right. send a send a send a cornerback off the slot once in a while. Right. Send a you know send a linebacker up the middle and and drop you know drop a defensive end into coverage or drop one of your edge guys into coverage. Mm-hmm. Just change up the way that it looks once in a while. Right. Change up the way that that your coverage looks once in a while. Mm-hmm. And and I thought the Giants didn't do that. I thought they just sat there and played this sort of vanilla defense that you'd play in a preseason game, and, and that was just never going to work. I mean, J- I thought James Bradbury was terrible last night. I thought the Giants really missed Logan Ryan. Yeah, you know, Not because Logan Ryan is a great player, but more so because I thought Julian Love was terrible last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the edge rushers had no impact. There were a couple of times when I saw Quincy Roche, who I love, <laughs> try to pass rush. And he just got stoned to the point where he just stopped moving. It's like, I, I can't get around this dude. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. So I'm just going to stand here. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I thought that was, I thought that was, that was just awful, but very, very disappointed in the, in the defensive effort last night and, and, and yeah. very disappointed in the lack of creativity from Graham. Yeah. And it, and it was more at odds with the way that, defense has performed recently you know I feel like in the mm-hmm. previous three games they were trending up a little bit and they had really cut down I mean it was like the first six games versus the last three were wildly wildly different you know we were actually we were allowing less points which was allowing our mediocre offense to at least remain competitive and I'm not saying that's a winning formula for the long term but it, that was what was happening in recent weeks and it, it just seemed like we were seeing the defense of last year mm-hmm. and and then it did seem like it went away again last night <laughs> it, it did it did em and and you know we've got to kind of wrap this up here and talk a little bit about the seven games left and I, I i mentioned it at the top of the show we've got the eagles this week at metlife stadium the yes. Giants, the Giants are retiring Michael Strahan's yeah. jersey, and and, <laughs> and I feel I I just think that's going to be a disaster because mm-hmm. there's there are going to be more Eagles fans in the stadium than there will be Giants fans, mm-hmm. and Definitely. I just I just cringe thinking about what that halftime ceremony is going to sound like. I know. I, I think if anyone can can handle that, it's probably Strahan, luckily. Mm-hmm. But yes, it it's not it's not under ideal circumstances. I think maybe what we can hope for is that the Giants are in it at halftime, which I, I think they can they can maybe do. Um and at least at least, you know, kind of the atmosphere hanging around the retirement of Strahan's jersey isn't isn't totally deflated just yet. So, and, you know, we ride this roller coaster every single week and Joe Judge talks about how players and coaches can't try to ride the roller coaster. And, and right now, you know, it feels like it feels like the bottom of a very, very, very wild roller coaster. The Giants are, you know, in, in what we thought was a weak NFC East, it looks like. You know, Washington is getting better. The Eagles are getting better. Yes. The Giants are getting left behind. Yes. It looks like the Giants are headed for another fifth straight 
double digit loss season and 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 I right now you know I wanted to think the Giants could go four and four over the last eight games and 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 they probably still can although right now it's hard to see how I mean last thing for you is seven games left two more home games that's it I think actually no, maybe actually three more home games. Yeah. I'm sorry, three more home games. But I mean, can you find any reason to remain optimistic at all? That's a big, that's a big question. Um, reasons to remain optimistic. Interesting. I it's alarming about how long I'm, I I need to think about this. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it's, it it's, is. It's a little alarming because like you said too, the other teams in the division are trending upwards, which I think is, is what is making this um a little bit more difficult to, to swallow. Um, I think if we, and what's, what's, let me say this. And what's making it harder is the fact that, that you're watching a Washington football team with Taylor Heineke playing quarterback, looking like it's getting better. You're watching an Eagles team with a guy we didn't think was an NFL starting quarterback in Jalen Hurts, Mm -hmm. looking like it's getting better. A first-year head coach who we weren't sure, you know, deserved the job. No. (laughs) Has that team pointed in the right direction and it just makes Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman and the Giants process the the never ending process mm-hmm. that that seems to be more or less just running on a on a faulty treadmill. Yeah, you know it, it makes it it just makes it look awful. So it 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 just makes it really hard to stay optimistic. I know. I think so. Give me something. I know. I I feel like I got to at least give an answer, even though this sort of feels like a cop out (laughs) of an answer. But I think when it's difficult to find positives that should hopefully mean that change is is coming, at least on the administrative and coaching level, which we talked a little bit about with Garrett. We've already talked about with Gettleman in earlier podcasts. I think I think maybe that's the only thing that we can kind of cling on to at this point is okay. Well, if it really is trending this, this badly, I think the changes is inevitable at this point, which hopefully results in something a little bit better than what we've seen recently. Well, um, you know, I, 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 I guess, I guess we'll take that for an answer. I know. I, so. I tried. <laughs> All right. I I think I think folks have listened to us drone on long enough. Giants mm-hmm. fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember uh, follow us on, on on YouTube, subscribe to us on uh, Big Blue View Radio and all of your podcast applications. Have a great Thanksgiving, Giants fans. Watch a couple football games. Try to forget about the Giants for a couple days. Enjoy your family. Enjoy some turkey, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye.